Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today I sat down with Khalil Stutz to talk about how to collaborate in order to grow your business. Khalil, can you help me with understanding what you want to be known for? What is it that I would want to know about you? One thing I, I love to do, Shannon, is help others to achieve their desired levels of growth regardless if they feel as though they're missing core components that they think would be required to do so. Mm-hmm. So the short way I like to put it is I help people achieve more with less. That's kind of what I'd love to challenge people and open everyone's imagination to, if you will, as you know, especially as entrepreneurs, we all have the next rung in the, in the ladder that we're all trying to hit. I'd love to challenge people that they can achieve it without needing everything they think they need. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what problem would I have? know that oh I need to call Khalil. Here's one that I often find a lot of clients and partners come to me with a roadblock or perceived roadblock if they will. It could be a you're trying to figure out your go-to-market strategy. Let's say you you've been a corporate professional and you're ready to go out into the entrepreneurial world and you're trying to figure out the best way to do so. How do you gain traction with what it is you offer is one example that I help people rapidly go to market and create sales channels. Another example could be, I work also with enterprises who are likewise trying to find more efficient ways to develop sales pipeline, growth pipeline. So in either of those kind of scenarios, the core thing that is a common factor, if you will, Shannon, is, okay, I want to get to here, but I'm here, (laughs) (laughs) is the short way to put it. I love to leave people with a renewed or deferring perspective. What is it that you want people saying about you when you're not in the room? People say, you know, I never thought of that. And that makes way more sense than what I've been doing before. You know, we have been talking about helping other people grow their businesses. Yes. And that's where you find your passion. Mm -hmm. You have been telling me that, you know, you want people to know you as the guy that, you know, can see something that other people cannot see. Mm-hmm. Where do you tell this message online? Great question. For me, primarily, it's uh, LinkedIn is my platform of choice. I'm a big fan of leveraging and partnering with others mm-hmm. for growth. So that's a big part of what I do, both LinkedIn and utilizing LinkedIn to connect with other circles of influences that have my relevant audiences already. So collaboration is a big word nowadays. Mm-hmm. Not competition, collaboration. Exactly. When you collaborate with people, what kind of people are you looking to collaborate with? I like to collaborate with other quote-unquote marketing professionals. Mm-hmm. I've oftentimes found uh, find that they have a similar audience that I have, but they're not exactly serving them in the exact same way. Right. Let's say one of my core skill sets is business development through LinkedIn, sales channels through LinkedIn, and partnering with others who maybe do Google ads or other social media, you know, Facebook ads. It, those are great people for me to collaborate with. I'll even say I have some great partners that are also in the LinkedIn's quote unquote space mm-hmm. because similarly speaking, they have a synergistic audience, but they may have a slightly different offer than what we offer. There's a, what I like to call a value gap there that could be mm-hmm. filled. So those are some areas of collaboration. Some other ones could be can other consultants. Uh, right. Again, they have paying clients, right? So they already have buyers, mm-hmm. right? So there's buying behavior in their sphere of influence that are actively looking for solutions for their businesses. Those are great circles of influences and collaborations for me. 
mm-hmm. startup advisors are some other ones, right? You know, because they they have the attention of companies who are trying to go to market to figure out their brand. Right. Right. So those are some some examples. One of my backgrounds, I'm actually a professional musician as well. Uh, I'm a saxophonist. Yeah. Uh, years ago, um, I started to get to thinking, you know, and I, I like to particularly focus on doing weddings. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they pay well. My thought process as a saxophonist was, okay, how can I get a stream of weddings without having, having to talk to one bride at a time? Mm-hmm. That was my thought process at the time. So I said, you know what? Who's talking to a ton of brides? Aha, a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Right. They already have brides who they already know are paying clients. And typically speaking, if your wedding planner says, I have this idea that could really jazz up your wedding, pun intended, <laughs> they're typically going to listen, right? <laughs> I like that. that. I got the idea. I said, okay, so how can I, at scale, mm-hmm. get the attention of, you know, wedding planners? And that's when it first started to click for me years ago. I can, I can target people on, you know, wedding planners on LinkedIn. So that's how that love story started, if you will, in my platform of choice. So instead of going out and trying to do a B2C plan, yes, correct. you yeah. did a B2B plan, yes. which is why LinkedIn is your favorite place to be. Exactly. Yeah. And then you collaborate with those other businesses to help them have a solution that maybe enables them to be different than yes. their competition. Yes. It helps them to enhance their, in several areas, it helps them to enhance their client relationship, they added additional value, which will increase retention, positive reviews. I encourage other people to take this perspective. You're now adding as a new profit center for them and their already buying audience. It's really important for brands to know their niche, to know their specialty. Yes. So what you're talking about is a bunch of specialists kind of coming together and working with, what is it, what does a generalist like me do? A, a lot of people will say journalists, but when they can look back historically at who they've worked with and where their testimonies are, they'll start to see some some track record happening, right? Some breadcrumbs, if you will. And a lot of times that can be telling to say, well, yes, we our skill set could be applicable to everyone, but for the sake of conversion, you know what? I have five examples here of this type of professional that I helped in particular, mm-hmm. right? I can run with this one not because I can't help everyone else outside of that, but on average statistics show that the likelihood of closing someone who's similar to that is higher because I can point to that social proof. Yeah. Right. So typically I tell people who feel they're generalists, I say, okay, that's fine. Let's look back and see where do you have three really good testimonials within a a similar niche or similar Mm -hmm. industry. Let's run with that for now. Yeah. So even if you are a generalist, there mm-hmm. is a specialty within that. Yes, 100%. And, and that doesn't mean that you have to shut down all your other business. Mm-hmm. Although the ideal scenario is that you can create processes and systems that are more scalable scalable because you have a singular solution for a singular person. It's it easier for people to know why they're going to hire you. Correct. Exactly. No. It, it, it's a differentiator. It helps to convert higher. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I started, it was very confusing. Um, yeah. Be, not because... I didn't know what I was doing, but because I was trying to do too much. Yes. Work, and it wasn't being specific. 100%. And, you know, marketers know what they're supposed to do, but that doesn't mean that they do it. <laughs> I, I always tell people the person who needs a, a coach and a consultant the most is a coach and consultant, right? You know, yeah. so. 
we get so caught up helping everybody else, uh, we forget that we got to raise our hand and say we need some help too, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm creating something completely different. Now, it's interesting to talk to people in the marketing and branding space mm -hmm. about where they position themselves and how they position themselves in the marketplace. Yeah. Nobody should tell their own story. I love that, yeah. We don't see the things that we are saying. We don't see the things that we are doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we know what we're supposed to be doing, but we just, you get so caught up in doing the work. You're not really looking at it from a 3,000, 30,000 foot view. view and going, okay, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know uh so we need to take that time so how do you take that time to step back and take a look at your own brand and to make sure that you're on brand uh, that, that, i love that question so one thing i do uh, intentionally and strategically is this will sound counterproductive at first but i guarantee it will lead to a lot more efficiency mm -hmm. i do this myself but i challenge people just to consider it before actually trying it but look at your day Mm -hmm. right your calendar right which i hope is just packed with opportunity right and if it's not let's have a conversation right so we can get you there but i want you to look at your day and imagine whatever your goals are right for 2022 and beyond imagine how you would achieve those same goals without pushing them back but with half the time per day to do it with half the time per day to do it right i need more time not less <laughs> and that's what most people think right most people think they need more time but what you probably could do well with is not thinking you need more time you probably just need more efficient strategy so what i do personally is i install strategic times to not execute but to think that's where you get those realizations those revelations those understandings you know what i could be doing this instead of that mm -hmm. and it'd be a better use of my time most of us are familiar with the 80 20 rule right pareto's principle which says that the majority of your results typically come from the small fraction of things you're actually doing as opposed to doing the majority of things that get the minimal results what if you just expand on things that get the max results but most of us don't have that time because we aren't we're challenging ourselves to take the time to evaluate and assess what we're doing we just mm -hmm. get caught up in implementation right? You're right so that's what i do i install blocks in my calendar literally specifically to not implement but to think something that sounds very important because i know like with me i'm very ideas come i think about them really really fast my brain is quite high speed and then i just jump in yeah i just jump in and, I, and then i create it while i'm going and then i'm figuring it out as i go instead of sitting there and going okay let's let's map this out yet when i'm working with the clients about their strategy and yeah. How are we going to develop your brand story? How are we going to, now let's map out the digital footprint. How are we going to guide people from audience to customer? Yes. This? I'm very strategic. I, it's all planned out. I, I've got graphs. I've got workbooks. I've got worksheets. Yeah. I've done all of this. And then I sit down with customers and I, or my clients and I talk about, okay, I've got different types of clients. I got clients that say, Shannon here, just do it. And I do everything and right. barely even talk about their brand. I've got clients that want give them the strategy, coach them and they'll yes. do the tasks. And then I've got customers that want to come up with a strategy themselves, mm -hmm. 
they just need to know the steps, where to start, yeah, how to start. What levels to pull, et cetera. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's interesting to watch these brands unfold. Yeah. And all of these different types of companies that I work with develop their stories on their own or mm -hmm. work with me to build out that digital footprint. It's yeah. every single one of them is different. And every yeah. single one of them, I learned something new in the process yes, of helping that. them. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I'm building my platform bigger and bigger because every single upgrade to my platform that I've done has been to promote a customer or a cl client of mine, mm -hmm. has been to tell their story or yeah. sell their book or write their book or publish their book. Like every single piece of my business has been to help a, a client grow to the next level. Yeah. What do you learn from, from your client about your own business? A, a ton. And I'll, I'll break what I down what I mean by that. I, I love to tell people when it comes to marketing, when it comes to growth of your story, et cetera, the easiest place to determine what your message is or what it should be, that mm -hmm. message is oftentimes in your client's mouth, as I like to put What I learn and what I always suggest for others is get, having a feedback loop with them He's going to tell you, okay, why did you work with me? Okay, Mr. Client, you said you were looking at these sol potential solutions and you chose me. What was the differentiator? Mm -hmm. Right. Those are things that you're going to learn by having and establishing a feedback loop with your clients. And I'm no different. When I say I learn a ton, I learn a ton because of that. And it's intentional. So you can learn your message uh, or help to dial in what your message should be from your clients, mm -hmm. right? You can learn what parts of your service are, uh, or solutions are most effective and least effective, mm -hmm. right? So even your offer structure, you could be learning, right? From your clients. There's so many things I can go off on because at the end of the day, you can leverage other people's experiences to drive additional growth for yourself, Yeah. right? So me as, a, as not only a consultant, but a growth strategist, and so I help people solve even problems that I might not have encountered myself personally yeah but when I'm talking to it, it's like bam I know exactly what you need to do it's that creative mind you're yes. a saxophone player I'm quite creative myself and I've always been able to look at a problem and just see a solution and figure yes. it out when I was younger I had no fear in the process yeah I would do things that today I would go what the oh, I think <laughs> you know <laughs> For example, my son, we couldn't find daycare when he was one. Oh, okay, I'll hire a nanny. They'll, she'll live with us. I'll open up my house as a daycare. People will bring their kids to my house while I'm at work. Yeah. And this we, nanny we is gonna take care of these kids. We did something similar, actually. <laughs> Meanwhile, anything could have happened. Right, yeah. Uh, I would have been on the hook for liability. There's just so much that I'm just lucky that everything went the way that it did. Yeah. I look for solutions. I look for solutions and not problems. Yeah. And a lot of people look for problems and not solutions. Correct. Like, have you always looked at solutions? Yeah, I would, I would say I'm very solutions minded. And that's, I'll tell people it's, it's more of a decision mm -hmm. that you need to make, right? On how you're going to approach or address things. Make up in your mind, regardless of how daunting a challenge may be, make up in your mind to believe that, all right, there's a solution in some form or fashion, and I may not know what it is right now, but I'm gonna find it. There is a solution. I've always adapted that mindset. 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's an issue, there's a problem that I'm never encountered. That's fine. Even if I don't know it yet, I- I'm going to know something about this problem in the next 48 hours to make progress. That's that's just my perspective. And that's something I do believe truthfully can be adopted. Is it easier for you to find solutions to other people or can you find solutions to your to your own problems just as I, actually, I think I do a good job of being able to understand a solution that's applicable for myself right um, I think I do decent in that area I always think there's room for improvement this needs to happen let's go execute I'd say I, I'd, I'd give myself at least a B in that area for my uh, <laughs> for my own self-evaluation <laughs> well that's pretty good because most people uh, we, we tend to give ourselves lower than we deserve thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, you're quite a bit younger than me, but sometimes a problem will come up that you cannot find a solution for, or you're just not equipped for it, or it's just not, you know, you don't have the time to fix it. What, where do you go to find the solution? Where are your tools that you use? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I myself am a Christian. My source of information, strength, I believe is the Bible, is my relationship with that. Right off the bat for me, that's, that's it right there. I spend time and install time for that. Without a doubt, uh, I can almost, even from a statistical perspective, if you will, I can look back at my calendar and the times where those disciplines, if you will, are followed, efficiency and productivity and progress that happens along with it. And the times when those aren't followed, it seems like those are times of frustration, if you will. So that's, that's how I go about that, is installing time for, you know, my faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when my kids were young, I used to sit uh, in the morning before anybody woke up for that hour. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, read the Bible and I would journal. Yeah. And a lot of times that journaling them were just my prayers. So instead of sitting there and praying, I would just write my prayer out. Yeah. I found one of those prayers uh, a couple of years ago. I'd taken Solomon's prayer and rewrote it mm. for my kids. And it's amazing. That, that how that prayer was answered tenfold. You know, my kids are, you know, I just wanted them to be smart and wise and close and love each other. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Journaling isn't just about helping us figure out the problem of today and to help mm-hmm. us get through the emotional roller coaster that we go on every day. Journaling can help us to see where we've been and how far we've come. 100%. Yeah. And what we wanted, you know, a lot of times we forget our goals. How many, you know, how many times have you had a goal in your life and you've achieved it and then just forgot about it? Yes. Yeah. 100% true. You get into a time where you don't accomplish something, you fail at something and you get a little bit negative on yourself and you get frustrated and then you start thinking, oh, nothing ever works out for me. Meanwhile, this whole thing that I've been working out for you. So when you end up in a place in your business where you start getting frustrated and you start thinking oh this is never going to work or things aren't going to work out um, because the business isn't going at the speed that you want it to go or you're not achieving the goal that you want to go how do you stay motivated and inspired to keep taking those steps to get up in the morning and keep with your business yeah it's that's a great question i think it does boil down to uh, i don't I like to put it this way. You need to be filled in order to go fulfill. Mm-hmm. When you're expending and pouring out your effort and time and focus on something like your business, there has to be a deposit made in you to be able to go and withstand the withdrawals that need to be made throughout the day. 
to grow whatever it is you're focused mm-hmm. on, right? And again, I, I'll go back to, you know, my faith, my relationship with God. That time is time to be filled. Yeah. So you can go and fulfill all the things that you are a steward over, mm-hmm. right? That you have decision-making, uh, uh, you know, responsibility over. There has to be a time of deposit for there to be safe withdrawals, right? <laughs> Will. So, uh, but people, I think people, people can definitely tell when they're in the red. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a sufficient deposit. Right. Right. So what I do is, and again, kind of going back to my statement a few moments ago, those seasons in my life where the most progress was happening, mm-hmm. I can like, you know what? I was consistent in, in getting those deposits. And anytime I notice that, all right, you know, there's a negative withdrawal or a leak, quote unquote, it's like, all right, we, we need to fix that. Let's go. There's been an overdraft. I need to be consistent with being with receiving those deposits. So you like you use your faith and uh-huh. God to fill those those fuel tanks. I used to call them fuel tanks. That's great. Which, where else do you find that you can get the support that you need to fill those tanks? Who else in your world fills your tanks? What else in your world fills your tanks? Because sometimes it's not a person. Sometimes it's just a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, that can vary so widely for so many people, right? Whatever they build those safety zones, if you will, around. I think what is a common theme, if you will, or common denominator, whether it's going to get that cup of coffee, it, what they're really doing is installing a time for stillness. Again, kind of going back to that principle, okay, not 100% 24-hour, 24-7 implementation, there has to be a time step back right so even for those who take that cup of coffee i love reading being able to have that time where the kiddos are asleep i'm not required to go and uh, tend to other things i can just sit down and read is something particular for me love reading love being able to just sit down and relax and read. so or maybe watch a show or two i love books 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 i have a love well obviously i love books i'm a, I'm a storyteller you, uh, you know I, i've written novels i mean i love story story yeah. is my passion and helping people define that story and tell that story is is just fun to yeah. me but what i'm really interested in is that you get your fuel from things that you can do you're not relying on other people to fill you right you know this isn't oh my wife does this for me or my kids do that for me or you know my boss mm-hmm. says something nice about me it's mm-hmm. I just either sit with God, my Bible, my books, just quiet, and that's how you get filled. It's something that anyone can do. Yeah. Not without relying on anyone else. So you can't get disappointed. Yeah. I'm married, right? Uh, I've been married for nearly nine years. Having someone in your corner is absolutely helpful, 100%. Hmm. But the one thing that is that will never change is, you know, I believe the love of God. That's not changing. You know, when we're inconsistent, we'll remain consistent that we can go back to, uh, you know, for as a foundation. So, um, yeah, 100%. Although those things are supplementary, they're extremely helpful for progress. Having people in your corner that you can go back to that can not only encourage you, but for keep you accountable, remind you of the vision you told them that you wanted, and they can keep you accountable to that, right? Yeah. Um, those all things are highly important. But if I had to give you one thing or advise anyone on one thing that won't change, that will always be consistent and will be the true source to help you in whatever you need, mm-hmm. it, it's the relationship with God. Um, I would say that 100%. For you and for me, God is God. This isn't about a Christian message. It's just, you know, have that spiritual 
have that spiritual being, have that other thing that you can follow and that you love, whether it's Allah, Jehovah, whatever's name that you have for the creator. You know, it's, it's about being inclusive and, and understanding. And that's a great thing about our world right now is we're open to spirituality on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. whether it's the quantum or of energy in the universe or whether it's traditional uh, religions throughout the world and coming together. I mean, I think there is a big piece to what you're saying uh, when it comes to having something that grounds you, something that you can turn to and have faith in because faith teaches you hope and we need yeah. hope in order to survive. This is a yeah. hard lesson that I learned because mm-hmm. I am famous for kicking hope to the curb. Mm. It is an important piece of having purpose, being able to take those steps through the, what I call the mud pit of life, whether it's your business, your marriage, your, have you ever wanted to quit your business or have you just always loved what you've done? No, absolutely. I've, I've had those moments and times. I, I'm someone who enjoys new challenges. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, build your business, not only your business, but your overall entrepreneurial career, your growth path, Build it around how, you, I mean, you know you, right? Mm-hmm. Build around that. Most people look at entrepreneurial, the, you know, being an entrepreneur, hey, I'm going to build this business and so forth, and I'm going to ride it out, ride it out. Well, in actuality, it, it's funny, you know, I talked to some clients and what most people call serial entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. go from one thing to the next. To some that may look one way, but truthfully, you can build wealth around that, especially around, hey, you could build a business, exit it for, you know, a large liquidity event, right? Go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, have I ever had those feelings? Do I want to quote unquote quit? Maybe from the perspective of I've had some business models that weren't favorable for me or my preference. But what I do in those situations, again, is a huge part of that. But the other part is too, if that's the case and you find that, have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm right? Still get a big win out of it. And then you can go focus on things that are more in alignment with, uh, with what you want to do. Could you ever see yourself in a job? Oh, oh I've been there, done that. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I was in both the transportation space in corporate America, as well as insurance, making great money. Um, I had, you know, at times in corporate America, I was making eight to 12 grand a month. Mm. By most people, especially as a young man, uh, by most people's standards, I'm doing all right. But one thing I knew is a couple things. A, I didn't have command over my time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they basically tell you as a grown man when you can go to the bathroom and that just, you know, doesn't necessarily fit with me personally. I don't care how much I'm being paid. You know, two, I have a young family. I have three growing boys. Um, and I just didn't like the idea that I have to check in with somebody if I want to go take a day off to hang out with the kids or whatever mm-hmm. I want to do. To answer that question, no, I no longer would ever see myself in a job. But having the ability to design my day. Yeah. It, is of absolute is an absolute priority for me there's certain words out in the world that have been overused and used wrong so that their definition has become muddied mm-hmm. and entrepreneur is one of those words mm. can you tell me what your definition of the word entrepreneur is i believe first and foremost an entrepreneur is a change agent mm-hmm. you know truthfully speaking especially in our economy the backbone of the economy is the small business mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? These are individuals who go out and take risks to solve a problem. And as a result of solving those problems, it's a benefit to in multiple ways, whether it's to their clients, to the people who they employ, who they provide income to. When I think of someone who's an entrepreneur, they're, somebody, they're typically someone who 
I wouldn't nail them down to being described as one particular thing. There's someone who's willing to take action and provide solutions, right? Outside of the norm that most people are comfortable with. That's how I would look at that. I like that. Outside the norm, most people are comfortable with. Yes. Because you're right. Entrepreneurs live out in where people would think of as the uncomfortable place. Yeah. And where people think the comfortable place is, that's very uncomfortable for entrepreneurs. Yes, very. Extremely. Extremely. I mean, it almost makes my skin crawl to even think about applying for a job. Oh. Uh, Just from you saying that, you know, so... Uh, but at the same time, it, it's about perspective, right? And that's that's a, a big component of being an entrepreneur. Your perspective is usually different, mm-hmm. right? In the same way that most people would say, you're making eight to 12 grand a month. Why would you challenge that status quo? No, there's something missing. There's a problem here and it needs to be solved. Yeah. That's how we look at it. It's that, it's that perspective difference. It's also putting value on something else. Yes. Right. 100%. You're not putting value on how much you make, not putting value on your title. Yes. value on your day-to-day and your family and your happiness and who you are i mean a lot of entrepreneurs are just born that way like this is just the way they're born they don't really fit in those boxes right corporate america wants i know that i constantly step on toes because i kept on getting in other people's lanes i would pick up the ball and i would yeah. go too far i didn't like being held back correct very true which, I mean, Canada is very small business oriented. 80% of our economy is run by small businesses. Wow. We only have just under 2,000, what we would consider enterprise corporations in yeah. all of Canada. So there's a lot of people out there who are trying to make ends meet, who are trying to look for their next, next customer, next gig. Yeah. That's a lot of unemployed people. Yeah. Right? Because basically, you're constantly looking when you when you're looking for a client or you're looking for a job. It's the same thing. You're looking for that thing that's going to give you money. Yeah, or for your intellectual property or expertise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's you're you're investing. Oh, no. You're still look always looking for something, and selling yourself. Yeah. But that's the big thing: selling yourself, selling yourself as the provider of choice for a business, for a customer, whether they're going to buy your product, service. Or, or give or the investment is going to do well yeah. you're still having to sell something yeah. right so how important do you believe a personal brand is to whether you're a business owner or you're looking at looking for a career um, absolutely important um, I mentioned before brand is uh, you know similar to what do people say about you when you're not in the room mm-hmm. that's so important because it, you know your reputation is a huge determining factor on whether or not someone works with you yeah. or believes that you, you can truly help them yeah. right so having a story to tell that that people can become familiar with whether you interact with whether you directly interacted with them or not where they found you on social media, whatever the case is, having, you know, strategically things in place to speak on your behalf on how you can help them is going to be pivotal. Get to a place where you can exchange value in a, in, you know, in a transaction with a prospective client. So what, absolutely critical. Okay, so when I started out my career, as you can tell, there was no internet. 
Well, there wasn't internet, but it wasn't in everybody's home. And email was a brand new thing. It was real cool that, that email was, was a thing, right? Uh, fax machines were still in operation. We still had CDs. DVDs weren't even a thing yet. Uh, you know, back then, the story of a brand was told through traditional media or advertising. Mm -hmm. Today, there are very many different ways that a brand story can be told and a brand can participate in telling that story. Social media, LinkedIn is a big piece of that. How should a brand go about telling their story on LinkedIn? Oh, that's, just a, that's just a good question. Um, a couple ways, obviously being able to post on LinkedIn is huge, a platform like LinkedIn. Um, I tell people when it comes to, you know, posting some form of content, you wanna be really transparent and personable about your journey, right? Because that's gonna to speak to your ideal client. You know, why did you set out to solve the problem that you solved? That's gonna be huge. So A, utilizing the platform to be personable. So whether you're in business to business or business to consumer, we're all in the people to people, right? Mm -hmm. The P2P market, right? Regardless, you wanna be personable. That's first and foremost on your LinkedIn, be personable. Be clear on who you help and how, right? There's also another uh, thing I would say about LinkedIn. And one of my biggest you know, components of LinkedIn that I always put out there, also make sure you have a strategy geared towards not just acquiring clients, but acquiring partners. Mm -hmm. Back to that collaboration piece. LinkedIn is arguably the best way to create prospective partnership relationships. So that's a huge way an established player in your market, you have majority market share, or you're a solopreneur who's pre-revenue with their startup or their service right? Building relationships with partners is going to be arguably your fastest way to expand on your market because someone has already put in the effort, time, resources, capital into building trust with their audience. And we know the saying, you do business with those, they you know, like, like and trust, no and trust, right? So somebody's already developed that no like and trust with your ideal audience already. Mm -hmm. And then of course, so them. When you're looking for those people to collaborate with and you're looking yes. to connect with people on LinkedIn, because I get a lot of people that message me saying, hey, I'm selling this and I'm selling that. And do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy that? I get a lot of, hey, join my yeah. newsletter, join my newsletter, follow my webpage, my business page or whatever. What are people doing wrong? Because a lot of people are doing a lot of things wrong on social, on LinkedIn. Yeah, great question. So I'll say this, and that kind of goes back to A, being personable. Mm -hmm. I would talk less about a product and I would talk more about a solution right the missing gap that someone has people are motivated by to do to take action based on two things either a moving away from pain and or b trying to get towards a desired end or benefit right and if you can properly articulate both of those combined right as opposed to saying hey i got this new product that does this or that try really articulating Hey, and this is going to happen, like we talked about looking backwards historically, who have you helped? How have you helped them? Having that feedback is going to help you really craft this messaging that mm -hmm. stands out. Because I tell people like this, it's not that LinkedIn doesn't work and it's not, it's not as if direct messaging doesn't work. It's how it's done. I always give this example. Most of us have probably seen a commercial for a restaurant like McDonald's, mm -hmm. a fast food place. Typically when I ask people this, majority of people didn't, wasn't all of us, they weren't all of a sudden motivated to go up and get a Big Mac right at that moment. Right, most people aren't, at least that I've talked to. But guess what, McDonald's still plays that commercial. <laughs> Why? 
because, because when you're driving you're good and you're hungry yeah you look for those golden arches and you yeah. have since you were a kid because so they they're top of mind when you're a kid yep top of mind and also with that there's a statistical portion of people who do view it that is successfully causing them to act mm -hmm. right to convert right what we most people don't do is they know their product but they don't spend enough time really knowing their audience. You can have clients, but not really know your audience, right? And that's the missing part that I see for most people is that they haven't begun to intimately know what drives someone to move forward with them. If you know that, then you can articulate that far more effectively and people will, they'll say, yes, I'd like to talk more. Yes, I want more information on this, right? But that's it, that piece, that person to person component is, is probably one of the biggest things that I'm missing for most people. Yes, because LinkedIn, social media, it's not about transactions. It's about relationships. Yeah. People who approach it as a transaction, even when they mask it mm -hmm. as a relationship, right? it still yeah. doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Correct. And I always tell people the best thing you can do on any social media platform is take the time to engage by commenting yep. on at least five posts a day. Just find five posts a day that you can comment on that are talking about things that are do with to do with your core business yeah, that you help and teach and here that that brings up a great point and teach them something mm -hmm. give them a unique perspective that they didn't have before and they will begin to trust you if you yeah. can teach someone something I, I tell people i was also a corporate sales trainer and i tell people right one of the best ways to quote unquote sell is to mm -hmm. teach mm-hmm if you can give somebody a unique way to, to look at the problem they've been dealing with, they're going to trust you, right? So 100% agreed. If you could deposit areas where you're teaching people and people can see that thought leadership, quote unquote, like, and they read, you know, I never thought of that. I've been dealing with this problem for X amount of time. They're going to be inclined to want to talk to you further. Yeah. The, and then that's when you start going to the DM and that's when the DM then becomes the Zoom call or yeah. text message, or maybe it becomes an IM and maybe then it becomes a text and then maybe it becomes a phone call. You don't know which process it's going to go. You just let them them determine how they want to connect with you. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. So we're coming up on the hour. So I just want to say thank you very much for talking with me for today. This is great. How can people find you? Idealistically, they can find me on LinkedIn, of course, right? Big surprise. But I do have a custom LinkedIn URL. You can use LinkedIn slash in slash ready for growth now or you can try and search me by my name i'm assuming shannon you'll, you'll have my name on the podcast. i have your name here yep so um you can also copy and paste my name and search me in that way but those okay. will be the ones ways to reach out make sure that you if you're looking for help for growth looking for help with linkedin go ahead and reach out to me directly on linkedin direct message me connect with me and say hey i, I want to talk about how i can grow uh, and i'll be happy to help love it thank you so much definitely hey thank you shannon Hello, listener. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you found an actionable item idea to help you grow your business. Now, if you want to find people to collaborate with, I encourage you to drop into marketappeal.com's community to connect with other listeners and discuss solutions for your business. Just go to marketappeal.com slash brandappeal to find the link to the Brand Appeal group and let us know what problems you solve. You've been listening to Brand Appeal Brand Storytelling in the Digital World. Peel out.